0: No, I thought he was alright. back in next
1: fight. Push back. Back. Take
0: Back everyone, episode one hundred and sixty-four of the Green and Gold Rugby Podcast. I'm Rugby Reg back again. I've uh, stood back for a couple of weeks, but back in charge of the uh, of the podcast tonight, and really looking forward to it. It's a big week for. Australian rugby, we see the culmination of the NRC, um, and particularly excited about that. We'll talk about that soon, but we've got a couple of great guests on the show. We've got a few great guests. We're just going to stagger it tonight. First and foremost, uh, we've got Brett McKay from that other great website known <laughs> as the. the <laughs> r- r-
2: r- 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 Go on, say it, Rich. Go r- on. It's
0: like the Fonz. I just can't say it, mate. <laughs> from on, my, mate, how are you?
2: From the four, good to see you, Brett. How are you, buddy? I'm really well, and I completely agree with everything you've said so far
0: Good mate, well that's, I expect to hear bloody more of that tonight <laughs> The other guest we have uh, initially is uh, the captain of the mighty Brisbane City NRC team, David McDooling How are you going Dave?
2: Good thanks Reg, pleasure to
3: be
0: here Yeah, great to have you on the show mate, and what a week, did you expect this to happen? I mean, I'm sure you always backed yourself to win the final, but here we are hosting it at Ballymore on Saturday night
3: yeah, I think, um, always knew we were probably capable of getting there, but, um, never looked too far ahead. And then sort of things happened pretty quickly. Got, uh, woke up from my nap after the uh, long travel from from Gosford and uh, saw Perth get up and suddenly we were hosting a final, so it's really exciting.
0: Yeah, well let's talk through that weekend and let's start with the game on Saturday where you got up over New South Wales country um, down there at Gosford and um, it was a remarkable weekend with both the, the away teams getting up, um, but talk us through that game first and you're behind early on, was there any any concerns there or you always thought you could get back in it?
3: No, we were, I was actually really confident um that we'd always we could always get back in it. I think we just needed to hold on to the ball there were a few little mistakes um creeping into our game we, we looked pretty good with ball in hand and then a few just defensive errors um you know letting them get out to that lead but i think uh, it's pretty been pretty evident throughout the whole nrc that a ten point lead really isn't much um so there was still a, the chat at half time was actually really positive and we weren't really speaking too much about the result itself, it was more about just um, let's just keep working hard and, and see what happens and see where we get to so we uh, we've managed to get there in the end Dave,
0: is, Dave, that, that, I was so just going to say that, that, that turnaround is really remarkable you, you make a good point Dave, is so often I'll be watching a game and think you know, it'd be a Brisbane City game or a Queensland Country game and think, oh, you know, we're behind, we're done, but how quickly that does turn around, and all it does is a converted try and, you know, you're back in the game, so it's a really interesting dynamic to part of that new rules uh, there. Yeah,
3: it is, and uh, I'll give a wrap to um, to Jakey McIntyre as well, I mean, he the difference in the end was only six points, so um, that's, you know, two conversions really, so... I think um, in all the talk about the laws, about, you know, people think, you know, they're not going for penalty goals, they're going for trials, I think the importance of um, kicking has actually been maybe forgotten a little bit. Um, But if anything, I think it uh, places even more importance on on getting your conversions, because if you don't get them, then it's just the normal five points anyway. So, um, but yeah, momentum shifts, I think throughout the whole tournament have been evident. So I was, you know, happy to be on the the right end of a momentum shift on Friday night.
2: Absolutely. Brett? Dave, I was I was going to note about the the momentum shifts and the converted tries. I, I, in both both semi-finals, there was cases where Perth and you guys both scored two converted tries within a few minutes of each other, and all of a sudden, a sixteen-point swing can have such a, a massive effect. Can you can you genuinely feel that when you are out there?
3: Yeah, you really can. Um, it's 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 a funny thing. I can't quite put my finger on it on why it, it seems to happen, but um, I think. Teams just have a lot of belief when they're behind because they look at the scoreboard and know that it's actually not as bad as it may seem. And, and when you're in front, you need to be on your toes and make sure you defend your lead because at any moment, um, things could change. So it's, it has been interesting under those on the, under that point-scoring system. But um, it's it's been yeah pretty fascinating. It's happened in a lot of games, I think, throughout the
2: year. It mm, certainly has. Did, did it really feel like... Um when it happened that, that Sam as no try, did did that feel like it was going to be a turning point? Because from that point on, I honestly can't recall you blokes making a tackle. It just felt like you had the ball for the rest of the game after that.
3: Yeah, we, um, it's something we'll probably actually have to look at, the amount of ball and momentum we did have and only didn't manage to build on the six-point lead that we had. But I guess that's a credit to, to Country and how desperate they were. Yeah. Um, but I think that... Yeah, that um, that no try was was a bit of a turning point when you look back on it in hindsight. I think Jake did well to get back there and make an effort and um, luckily Sam didn't get the ball down and you know, before we knew it, we uh, had one really well-constructed try and then a good opportuni- opportunistic one from Toby White and, and we had our noses in front and we managed to stay there.
0: Let's talk about the other two tries, uh, the, the dual try scorer there in, in Brando Varlu. Mate, the veteran, uh, played for the Reds yeah. a, a number of years ago and sort of found his way back to Sunnybank, I think, uh, recently and, and almost just turned yep. up to training and, and asked for a game and uh, had a great season for them this year and then he's come out and, and played for Brisbane City. It's been really good for you guys uh, at the back there and a couple of great tries on with really classy finishes on, on the weekend.
3: Yeah, I think he really uh, showed his class and experience. Um, he's been great to be able to call on a guy of his of his sort of experience. I mean, he's only, I think he might be 27, but yeah, he's seen a, lot, seen a lot of the rugby world. You know, he played for the Reds when he was a youngster and he's been in Japan. And I think, like you said, he just turned up at Sunnybank and, um, and away he's gone. So he's been great to have around and we've sort of been fortunate that you know, between him and Lockie Turner, we've always had one of those old heads in the back in the back three. When Lockie hasn't been available, Brando's always been available, and and vice versa. So um, I think his two tries and also that that try-saving tackle.
0: Yeah. You talk about big, yes. big
3: moments. That's a big Absolutely. moment as well. So uh, we'll, you know, it was great to have him out there on on Friday night. And, hopefully get a bit more of that on Saturday.
0: But the, the maturity that uh, one of those senior players brings got to be called into question when he starts doing post-try uh, celebrations. I was like just going to
2: say that. You've got you've got to talk us yeah. through that, that celebration.
3: Yeah, so um, it's Brando loves his PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4 and FIFA. Pretty popular game and um, he actually brings his PlayStation on tour with him. And we were staying staying in the uh, beautiful surrounds of the central coast at Terrible Air across the road from the beach. But I'll tell you, Brando Brando wouldn't have known where we were because he was just in his room (laughs) playing FIFA. So I think he wanted to emulate his favourite goal celebration from that. (laughs)
0: That's brilliant. So, a great win by Brisbane City getting up there over um, New South Wales country. And, and Brett, it would re- be remiss of us not to acknowledge uh, our Green and Gold Rugby's own <laughs> Sam, Sam Windsor.
2: We're big fans of Sam's, A lot to answer for this week. <laughs> We've, we, should, we probably should mention that part of the reason that I'm on here and broadly agreeing with everything <laughs> Reg is saying because of the stupid bet we we're goaded into by Sam Windsor.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I, mean, really? I think you got away with it quite lightly, Brett. So uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll plough on. So talk us through it. So that obviously game finished that night. You spend the night down in Gosford that night, I assume, Dave. And then uh, do you, are you bussing it back the next day?
3: What's what's the trip? Yeah, we're know? bus. We were up. I think we we're on the bus at five thirty in the morning um, oh, to Sydney. It was about an hour and a half trip, and we we're on about we we're on an eight o'clock flight or something at Sydney Airport back to back to Brisbane and. Um, yeah, I, like I said, pretty much came home pretty sore, but happy to you know you never never sore after a victory as you are a loss. So pretty satisfied and um, caught up on a bit of shut eye, and then uh, woke up and watched the other semi final, which is a really good game. Yeah. So did,
2: did yeah. you did you not watch the did you not watch the semi the other semi live, Dave? Is that what you'd said before?
3: No, I did. I did watch it live. Yeah. Oh, right, that sorry. was uh, two thirty uh, Brisbane times. I was, was
2: going to say it's impressive. Nap 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 nap. Nap. Yeah
3: no I watched it live I was pretty keen to see the result there yeah. um, and obviously you know it was a nice little bonus at the end that means we can beat at Ballymore
0: yeah that's fantastic and did it change any of your plannings I mean I assume it's the old cliche you weren't getting too far ahead of yourselves about who you might be playing and so on but...
3: yeah no I hate to uh, hate to sort of ring out the cliche but it's been all all um, season we've really just focused on whoever the next opponent is because um I think it's pretty... It was in the NRC, anyone could really... Obviously, Melbourne had a great run, but it looked like any team could beat anyone at any you know, at given moment. And we had... I think we won twice. We won two games in a row and then slipped up against Melbourne and then we won two again and then lost to the Rams. So we learnt the hard way that you can't um, can't get too carried away. So we've just focused on each week. And I think uh, whilst we probably did expect, if we're honest, we probably did expect to be travelling to Melbourne it doesn't really change too much in game preparation. Both sides have, you know, a lot of super ugly talent and a pretty strong, well-balanced side. So it's more about, um, you know, our game and our attitude and, how we and how we've run up on Saturday, rather than who we're playing.
0: Now Brett's written a great article for the Roar. I think it was today, just looking at some of the stats of the NRC, and it, it's some very interesting ones there. And, and, and you know, the top four stand out in terms of their ability to score tries. But what also stood out was uh, I think Brisbane City might have been third on the
2: tries let in. Tally, probably yeah, might be four, right. Four, yeah, fourth four actually, but yeah, that was actually it was quite surprising. But clearly, that, that was the case.
0: You guys just lost the two games, Dave. But God, when you go down, you go down in flames, didn't you? Yeah, that's when true. we
3: when we lost when we've lost, we've lost pretty poorly. So that's um, it's a shame, that's probably what what probably skewed our, our stats there because we do kind of uh, we pride ourselves on our on our defence and we work pretty hard on it, um, and we certainly you know can't be letting in a lot of tries on Saturday or we'll just create too much work for us so I think um, yeah like, like I think with it took a few weeks in the NRC to get get a lot of teams heads around the fact that it's still the basics of rugby still apply and you still need to have a strong set piece and a sound defensive game before you can do anything else really so um, that's what we're focusing on and that's what we've, has been the focus um, certainly since that loss to Melbourne we sort of stripped back back to basics and just wanted to work hard for each other and Work hard in defence and, and lay a solid platform in set piece as well.
0: Now I'm going to make a proposal here, and, and Brett is obliged to agree with me, but I'll be interesting the <laughs> perspective anyway. Yeah. But this is the best re- result for the NRC. Brisbane hosting this grand final. Uh, Melbourne, to their credit, have been fantastic all season and bonus points in every game they've won and I think most people expected them to host the final and, and in fact you know, stretch out and, and win the whole damn thing. Uh, one thing the team has struggled with, they'd Melbourne have a good strong support base but it, it, it still lacks the profile. Ballymore on Saturday night will be pumping and it will be the best thing for the NAC to be, see uh, a good crowd and, and they're, I think they're conservatively saying 5,000. I'd be surprised if there's not 3,000 more than that. Come Saturday night, but mm. Ballymore will be a great event on Friday, on Saturday night, won't it, Dave?
3: Yeah, uh, look, it's, it's you yeah, um, know really exciting. I think um, there was a great. Uh, there'd be would have been more than four thousand at the Queensland Country game, and yep. I think being a final um, should have tracked a few more. Where you know it's the home of home of Queensland rugby, a um, lot of lot of tradition that we're well aware of there, and you know I think. Um, I think even Perth would be pretty excited to play there because yep. it's a great place to play rugby. Um, so hopefully a great turnout and hopefully two teams can put on a good show for everyone and a real sort of advertisement for the, for the NRC. I hope the NRC you know, finishes on a really good note yep. with a great game in front of a nice, healthy crowd.
0: Exactly. no Brett, I know you want to jump in and say something, but this is to test you. Do you agree this is the best thing to happen for the NRC, Brisbane hosting this game?
2: Lost bets, lost bets aside, I do actually agree with you. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> no, no it, it's Melbourne. Melbourne across their five games have have averaged just at a shade under two thousand per yep. game, and I know they've, I, I know uh, Pete Fairburn and, and the guys down there have worked an yep, absolute absolutely. treat to to, to build their crowds as much as they can, and they just haven't been able to get the lift. though they were after, and they were actually a little bit disappointed um, to, to, to not even crack 2,000 on the weekend for the for the semi. So so I do agree with you um, that, that Ballymore is going to be fantastic on Saturday night. I honestly can't wait to see it. it would be, it'd be, it'd be great. Now, Dave, I wanted to ask you, I was actually up in Sydney and and, and saw that last heavy loss of yours um, to, to, to the Rams, um, but since then yeah. you've, you've won three straight. So the obvious question is, what did you guys do to turn it around?
3: Oh, yeah, um, I think... That, that's, we sort of sat down after the Rams game and said, look, I think uh, twice we've, like I, said, I was saying earlier, we every time we won two games in a row, we seemed to then have a heavy defeat. So I think it was really more of a mental thing from us. Um, we just decided we weren't going to talk about winning or losing or results, and we were just going to talk about the actual attitude that we approach a game with. And, um, you know, just working hard on, on basics of rugby and, and really we've just, so I think full credit to Stilesy and the coaching staff. They've managed in a short period of time to cultivate a really strong sort of team culture and ethos. And, uh, we just enjoy playing with each other and, and, and working hard. And that's what we sort of went back to. We might have lost that for a bit after that Rams game. So, um, and a lot of that, I think a lot of that obviously is a lot, when you speak about attitude, um, I think defense is probably the best reflection of attitude. And when you leave mm. 50 points, there's got to be a, you know, something missing there which I think for whatever reason we never quite put our finger on it but um, we lost that that night at at Parramatta so um, you know when we get when we do what we do well which is just the basics you know um, the tough aspects of of Robey working hard covering hard in defence I think it really translates to the the rest of our game and you know um, staying one week at a time has, has been the focus and we've managed to get three in a row which is exciting
0: Dave, now, let's talk about your form. I mean, how long have you been up in Queensland now? Is it three, four years? Or um,
3: Yeah, I joined the... Link built me up. I joined the academy in 2011, but yep. signed my first deal in 2012. So, it's been, and, yeah, a few years
0: now. And it's probably fair to say not much of the Queensland rugby population have seen much of your play. You've suffered some you know, fairly significant injuries in this time. You seem to have, a, have had a fairly good spell now. You know, obviously played a few games for the Reds this year and, and this entire NRC as well as capturing uh, Queensland Uni to the, the Premiership this year. How are you feeling about your own form? I know Sean Maloney uh, from Fox Sports has picked you as captain of the, the Thursday Night Dream Team for the NRC so uh, there's some uh, credence there but you, you'd be pretty happy with how you're faring yourself?
3: Yeah um, no, I'll probably have to Buy Shawnee a beer or, or maybe a meat <laughs> pie or something next time I see him. That's a nice little <laughs> little
2: accolade. I, I just wanted to ask um, David a, a number of the a number of players that I've spoken to have you know obviously enjoyed the enjoyed the rugby in the NRC. Um, I was wondering whether <clears throat> how, how you guys found the start coming from club grand final as, as you guys played straight into the NRC the, the, the following week. You, you, you mentioned earlier that it sort of took a few weeks to get into it. Was it as much about fatigue as it was new competition?
3: Um, I think, look, that round one, um, in particular was, was pretty tough. We'd played a grand final on Sunday. Mm. Um, and our, that was Sunnybank versus University and our team's almost entirely <laughs> Sunnybank and University players. So, that was pretty tough backing up. Um and I know the stars at that point had Sydney Uni had only just finished up as well. So, I think, um, yeah, the, the transition was pretty, pretty hard and the crossover, obviously, the last few weeks of, Of club rugby, you're trying to, you know, win a premiership with your club side. And then on one, on the other hand, you've got, you know, NRC coaches that are trying to sort of start to, to build into the NRC. So that was pretty difficult. Um, and it probably was, you know, two or three weeks into the competition where we really started to feel like a team. Mm. Um, so I don't know if that's something they want to look at in the future or whatever, but, um, a few weeks in between, I think would be pretty, would be ideal, but, at the end of the day, the comp um, has been fantastic, and I think if you asked any other player, they would have they would have put their hand up to play in it, no matter what the schedule was. So, mm. um, players want it; just want to play, and um, to have the opportunity to play on on a new stage with um, you know at a higher level's been been great, and um, I think can only speak positively positively of it.
1: What
2: what about what about the um, some some of the tweaks, and, and particularly interested in your thoughts around having to pack scrums inside 30 seconds and the and the, the allowances for line-out throws and things like that?
3: Yep. Um, I think scrums, I honestly haven't noticed much of a difference um, in terms of the, the... the. I know it was 30 seconds, but by the time that had to be packed, I haven't, noticed, I haven't found that to be a big adjustment to, to change to. Yep. Um, again, at the line-outs, I think, if anything, refs have been uh, pretty lenient on it. Um, Either way, I think it's a pretty good rule as long as a defending side is awarded for getting up and, and trying to contest yeah. it. Um, whereas I think, you know, without being overly critical, I think sometimes if it's crooked, it's just been like, go regardless, which probably wasn't the the aim of the law in the first place. Um, and, you know, I think the scoring system has been fine. You know, it's just created... Mm. It's placed a massive importance on, on your line-out, I think, because you're turning down shots at goal and kicking... Kicking for um. So as a lineout caller, one thing I've noticed is uh, where you might have a call list, which is fine for Super Rugby or what you're used to. And then, um, but in a, NRC game, sometimes you've got more than twenty lineouts because you're kicking for touch so much. So you mm. need a little bit of a little bit of variety, otherwise it becomes a bit too predictable. So um, mind, it's been really mind, good. for Mind you, yeah.
2: a, lot, a lot of a lot of teams just just as soon as they kick for the corner, they. Through to four or five straight down to rolling mall and, and it was pretty hard to stop from there, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, yeah, it has been. I think uh, rolling malls have been a um, mm-hmm. really key component, defending them and also being able to execute them. Um, I think it's really in- important under these under these laws and all that, I think, has created a lot of fatigue because, um, you know, you, you're balls in play a lot longer, you're not having those breaks for kicks and that's probably why games have opened up a lot At times in the second half. So, um, from a spectator point of view, it's probably, you know, that's probably entertaining to see. And from a playing point of view, it's, it's fun to play, but it's also, it has been really tough. Our, our sort of GPS figures have been, you know, higher than the average super Rugby game. Not that the intensity or the physicality would be as high, but pure kilometres wise, they've been, they've been pretty high. So it's been, it's been really challenging. I think, um, I think the balance between, you know the fundamentals of rugby uh, are still there. It's still good, hard, physical rugby, but a few little tweaks. Um, I don't think have, have you know changed anything too drastically, and it have also had some really positive, you know, positive effects with ball and play and stuff like that.
2: And that's actually a really, a really important point about about the fundamentals of rugby because it was it was certainly a. A belief and, and even a misconception at the start of the competition that, you know, there was all these new laws and it was going to be a completely different mm. sort of game and it was going to be, you know, it was going to be, you know, no good for equipping, you know, young forwards, particularly for super rugby. Yeah. But, but what, what quickly became apparent was that there's more scrums, there's more line outs and, and, yeah, and you're having to make a lot more tackles. So in terms of technical developments, it's, it's been almost ideal, hasn't it?
3: Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. I think, um, anyone who saw it, but, uh, you know, changing the laws wasn't a good way to prepare young players. They just need to watch to realise that it hasn't changed the fundamentals of rugby. And if anything, you know, guys are, are packing more scrums and, you know, got mm. their heads in more dark places and rolling mores. So that can only really be good. And as I said earlier, defence is still probably the most important thing and rucks are still, you know, everyone speaks about, you know, defence and the breakdown being such an important part of rugby. And I think that, um, you know, hasn't hasn't been any different in the NRC either. Mm.
0: Still. Dave, let's have a look at this weekend. So you're taking on the Perth Spirit. You uh, you took them down in the second round when you, you travelled over there and, and played them uh, in Perth. It was a fantastic uh, game and with a, a very late try to you guys to to take the win. Uh, how do you approach it? How do you uh, expect Perth to play? Uh, you know, they'll be they'll be start up with plenty of their Super Rugby players uh, in their starting lineup this week.
3: Yeah, I think um oh, it seems like so long ago that that game yeah, exactly. round two I think but um to be honest I think we might have caught them a little bit uh by surprise that week with some um you know, some really young guys stepped up and played really well for us that day. So I'm sure, you know, with our um well known red back row and things like that, but they certainly won't be uh we won't have any surprise elements. So I'm expecting a really really tough physical game they've you know, really well balanced. There, um, anyone who can, you know, go to Melbourne and take down an undefeated Melbourne side, you know, deserves anyone's, everyone's respect. Guys like, uh, you know, really experienced guys like Sam Wykes and Luke Moirahan running around. I think um, we, we expect a really big challenge. They're good all across the park. They, you know, like very similar to the Force. They compete hard at the breakdown and um, try and slow your ball down and have a strong set piece and. Really opportunistic when they get turnovers and other opportunities. So we'll have to be on our game, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, great. Now, one final question from you, with regards to your team. One of your key players, Nick Frisbee, who's been fantastic all season, uh, was hobbling around a bit last weekend. How's he bounced back this week?
3: Yeah, he's been fine. He was running around nice and sprightly um, today. I think Brilliant. It was actually, a, I think it was a rear end cork, was how it was described. So whether he's <laughs> Fallen on his backside pretty heavily, but um, he's bounced back well, and uh, Frisbee is uh, yeah, he's been great for us this year, and uh, he'll be integral on the weekend.
2: Uh, Forrest Gump there for Frisbee. Okay, Brett. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, Dave. Dave the, the biggest question about your preparation this week is that you guys have won a semi final in your alternate strip. Are you sticking in the blue this week.
3: Um, oh, I can't confirm or deny that. So I think.
0: I honestly
3: can't. I think with like we. Uh, it's, it's, it's a nice strip, I think, the blue, but also the the gold, um, we're at home, so I'd, I'd guess we'd probably be wearing the gold strip.
2: Breaking break a winning formula, look out. Mate, how many other games oh, are they winning? We've won, <laughs> no, we won
3: six games throughout the year in the gold jersey, so I'm not, not too worried about the jersey we wear.
0: Exactly. Well, Fairful. Dave, look, thanks for coming on the show tonight. Uh, best of luck for Saturday night. It's a big day down at Ballymore. The Reds do this stuff well. They People love getting down at Ballymore for these... Uh, Uh, back to Ballymore games. I, I know there's a lot going on, tickets are on sale um, they're actually cheaper if you pre-buy I think uh, five, five bucks cheaper yeah, if you buy them on the internet we're looking to fill the
3: hill so that's, that's the
0: plan fill the hill and oh, there's also going to be a couple of hill. curtain raises of the, the uh, Kings and Queens of Pacific Rugby men's and women's finals beyond during the day I think gates open at three o'clock obviously the Reds will be down there signing autographs onto the field after the game but it'll be a great atmosphere um, obviously on Fox Sports if you're inter, interstate but uh, anyone in southeast Queensland let's get there and support Brisbane City and Dave and the team Awesome having you, Dave.
3: Yeah, thanks a lot for having us, guys. And, um, you know, thanks for all the uh, great coverage of the NRC throughout the competition.
2: Our pleasure, mate. Thank thanks, Dave. Good luck, mate. We'll see you soon. Thank you.
3: Thank you. Yeah, right there, right there.
0: Welcome back, everyone. And, and that was Dave Dool and Captain Brisbane City. Uh, thanks, Dave, for coming on the show. Um, and once again, NRC Grand Final on this weekend. And once again, we thank the NRC for being a, a sponsor of the podcast. Um, we've been big supporters of them and they've been big supporters of us. So we're thrilled to support them any way we can. And as Dave leaves, another towering second row joins us. Hugh Cavill. How are you, Hugh?
1: I'm not too bad, Reg. I'm, I'm 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 excited for the NRC. I'm excited for the Wallabies. And the little-known fact I'll drop in here, Reg, which I haven't mentioned on the podcast before, was actually born in Perth. So, uh, oh, I think oh that's a, look out! Sets
2: look. up a nice rivalry. For the- can you can you hear that bandwagon
1: being dragged in, Reg? It's
2: <laughs> just
0: just parked outside conveniently. That's very nice. <laughs> Well, that's just perfect you. We're going to start talking about the Perth Spirit game, which we've obviously covered Brisbane City, New South Wales country. Let's talk about Perth Spirit and uh, Melbourne Rising. And um, can we just quick check the room? Who tips this result on the weekend? Uh.
2: <laughs>
0: uh. Friend, friends
2: friends, and family and desperate people trying to <laughs> win tipping t- competitions. Exactly right.
0: Look, let's get into it, Hugh. Tell us about your... What did you see this match? Did you expect this coming what was your read of
1: it no no one did i mean i think even the people that tipped it didn't expect it coming uh, uh, <laughs> it's,
0: uh jesus all my credibility <laughs> <laughs>
1: um well the thing about this was that, and i actually had these thoughts and brett i think it might have even been the, the three of us talking about this uh would have been a matter of month uh, a month ago maybe more about how melbourne you know could could uh could get beaten in this comp and yeah, whether it yeah. was possible. And yeah, I remember but... the scenario we came up with was in a semi-final, if, if the bounce of the ball doesn't go their way and all of a sudden they're a couple of tries down, um, ha- how they react and respond to that. Mm, and so yeah. we found ourselves in that exact situation in, in the uh, at the start of the second half. But the difference, I think, in that scenario to what actually happened was, I don't think Melbourne played that badly. I actually think Perth... Perth, blew, Perth were the, easily the better team on the day, and Perth really stood up to the challenge. Yeah,
2: I, I, I actually agree with that. I, I think I think Melbourne played about as well as Perth allowed them to. Um, Perth's defensive pressure particularly was just outstanding, um, and, and so Melbourne just didn't get the, the opportunity to, to create the first-half space that they often find in order to blow games out early on like they have, and so... Uh, so as, as you're right, Hugh. As as we, we it was about a month ago, I think we said that you know maybe themselves is the only way that they'll, that, that they'll get beaten, and and that's as as it, it's exactly as it turned out. I, I mentioned to I asked Dave when he was on about the the momentum of of two converted tries and, and two quick tries, and, and and that's exactly what it was for Perth. They got out to a 13 nil lead after the first 20 minutes had been it of seen nothing. It was it was back and forth. It was a real arm wrestle, and they scored two quick tries and then automatically uh, melbourne were on the were on the back foot they did score shortly afterwards but it sort of came out of nowhere and he still really felt that perth were were well on top here and so it was it was really and then again in the second half two quick tries and that's essentially what sealed it so
1: um yeah it was a, it was a really really interesting game and much like the country game and i'm i'm sure you might have touched on this before uh, you really feel like Melbourne did feel the loss of Jones and McMahon, especially much like Country felt the loss of Hoyles and Trelaw and, yeah. and Chapman. I mean, you, just that little little touch of class just wasn't there, especially around the rucks, and that, and that was that was you know one of the one of the real areas where Perth got on top in that tight tight you know in the play where you saw guys like Sam Wykes uh, come out and really dominate.
2: Mm. Yeah, that's that's a really good point, and and we <laughs> we discussed last week that the that I might have had a little bit of a whisper that a few of all the, that one of their yeah, the, the country guys. veterans yeah well so that that little whisper was from Darren Coleman himself who oh. <laughs> who just told me outright that that Cam Tralaur and uh, and Steve Hoyles were gonna were gonna miss out uh, and but the Mitch Chapman was in yep um, and then he completely threw me off by naming them anyway <laughs> yeah which which you know as I'd said to Hugh you, you know I've fired Darren Darren Coleman as my country eagle spy. Uh, and then, sure enough, they didn't play, but they certainly missed them. I mean, um, Ben Matuidjau was was fantastic in yep. the lineout, but he was a lone hand, unfortunately, and without, you know, Hoiles and Trelaw, um, they they really lost a lot of impetus there in in, in that set piece play. Yep. Uh, let's get
0: back to the spirit game. You're right. I really thought it was interesting. That we we talked about. Um, I mean, it was obviously the probably probably the strongest spirit team we've seen on the park. This year they've had this yeah, interesting so, tactic so. of, of, of travelling their non Super Rugby players and and, and and to balance their workload. And after a big season, they do travel a hell of a lot, so we can understand that. But they brought them all back in, and yeah, Morahane and Prior and all these sorts of guys weeks. Um,
2: and Pec, they Peck Cowan back. and yep. uh, there, was, there was about seven changes they'd, they'd made. And yeah. uh, Marcel Bracky came Marcel came Bracke. back in as well. Junior um, Rassolier was back in. Yeah. so Yeah.
0: And and were some of those key ones. Bracky obviously scored those first two tries, um, and, and really, I mean, obviously the first one from that nice kick, but also um, uh, you know, a bit of turn of play stuff with the, the, the with the second one there. So really critical early on, and it always rising out of the game. I mean, I I, I joke that I tipped the rising, but I I almost saw a bit of a decline, and the only slight they all they still ran away with their their games, but their last few games I thought they were less impressive than they had been at the start, and, and maybe it was just a factor of the long season or the other teams were catching up to them, um, but once you brought those those force players into, I, you know, that was as much a reason that I thought the opportunities would be there for them. So,
2: that's actually a really a really interesting point, Reg, I'm just looking back at the scores, and, and round nine they beat, Melbourne beat Queensland Country 47-26, but they were up 40 points to 13 inside... Yeah. Eight minutes, something like that, yeah. and then in round eight, they beat uh, beat the Rams up in up in Sydney, fifty-eight forty. But that was forty-five forty with oh, yeah. I think three minutes to go. Yeah. I think and they yeah. and they scored two late tries. So, yep. so that's actually really a really good point. They haven't necessarily been dominating, perhaps games as, as, as they had been for the for the first six point of uh, the first six seven rounds. Um, Hugh's point about missing Sean McMahon is really valid. Now, that was probably the one area that they that they did really lack was was their breakdown presence and as as, as good a job as, uh, as as some of the 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 Melbourne club flankers that they bought in did um they just
1: you know they just weren't able to uh, compete with the, the the likes of the force guys that were there and they still got awfully close to melbourne didn't they i yeah. mean you thought, yeah, i think yeah. i think it was with with 10 minutes to go they were two tries down and and often you see that teams just finally pull out the finger and it, it sort of almost freeze them and yeah. and they did they went boom 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 and scored a try and um, might have been so,
2: so Jack Jack, Jack, Debra, Jack scored his try in the seventy sixth minute, yeah. and then yeah. he shanked the conversion. Oh, yeah, I know, and I,
1: I saw that, that he, coming as soon as you saw yeah, it. Yeah, him he just sat it, the, he go, sat it on the it on the
2: tee, took one step back, and just sprayed it to the to the right. And and, and they still had four minutes to go at that stage. That was, uh, was what was that, 37-29. So that left it a, at an eight-point margin. So that's a that was a crucial miss at that point in time. And, and it was almost like the Melbourne heads went down a little bit after yeah, that. Because they showed that, that a, late
1: try. That was a big difference, that play, too. If he makes that conversion there within five yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. and all of a sudden just, they,
2: they contest the restart and you just yeah. never know what happens in those last four, four minutes and instead they walk back to halfway thinking oh God we still score twice so yeah that was a that, that was a tough blow for them I think
0: well let's look forward to this game we spoke a bit about Dave but let's let's analyse it from our uh, impartial perspective and in fact Hugh you, you're the only one who can be impartial here because Britt has to agree with anything I yeah, say no, I'm,
2: I'm, <laughs> from, I'm, I'm team Brisbane yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's so genuine there
1: what's
0: your read Hugh you, uh, how do you see this will go and obviously we don't know teams and so on here, but do you think uh, the travel because remembering this isn't super rugby whereby they're on an eastern state tour and they would have you know, parked themselves down at Gold Coast for the week they would have had to fly back to Perth after this game and they'll fly back I assume you know Friday morning, um,
2: they're it's... they're they're actually heading over Thursday. I know I know oh, this much. They yeah. are actually heading over Thursday, so they're they're
0: doing
1: doing that a little bit better, I suppose. Yeah, Hugh, how, how do you reckon that'll impact them? Oh, look, it's hard because. I mean, on on it on the merits of the performances last week, and I'd say Perth Spirit uh, should be the favourites. I mean, I think they've knocked off they knocked off well, Let's Melbourne go to
2: Brett in, here for his thoughts. <laughs> uh, Sorry,
1: go I, on. I I go compl- on. I,
2: no, I completely agree, Reg.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, big here. Go.
1: Well, yeah, I thought that was a really you know really physical uh, performance, and and uh, really uh, in the fun, you know the scrum. Okay, well, Melbourne were on top in the scrum in the first half, but the scrum gradually got back on track in the second half. Uh, look, yeah, it's it's hard to know what to make of it because both teams, uh, on their day, are, are, are really good teams. I mean, you think if Perth will be hoping to do exactly what they did to Melbourne in really that play that physical, dominating style and get up in the faces of Brisbane and try and limit the spaces of of uh their outside backs, um, uh, and make sure we don't have any you know any more post try celebrations by Brando <laughs> Valu. Uh, <laughs> On a sidetrack, it's good to see someone from that dominating 2010 2000, Reds, team, yeah. Reds team get up. And I just keep wondering whatever happened to Herman Hunt. But uh, that's another story. Um, I think he's in real estate now, mate, just to let you know. Oh, there you go. Yep. Well, that's good to hear. We'll get him on as a guest soon. Yep.
2: Um, but, <laughs> but they they can't all head for superannuation contracts in France. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Um, yeah, but back, back to the game. Look, I don't know. I mean, Perth... Does one swallow make a summer? Does one big performance, you know, is is that enough to to really uh, bring them into consideration? I don't know. I think I'd ha- if I have if I had to tip, I would tip Brisbane with the home ground advantage, a big Ballymore crowd, um, and you know that that performance, that comeback against countries obviously got to uh, inspire them.
0: Brett, I'm gonna let you go next, so you don't just have to uh, blatantly agree <laughs> with you because I do respect your opinion as a as a rugby oh, uh, enthusiast. So oh, what's Mitch. your what's your read?
2: There's, there's, so there's two points here, here to make if if there's any team that's that's equipped to fly across the country in you know, on a pretty short turnaround and spring an upset in Brisbane it's Perth because the force have been doing that for mm. for a few years now um, albeit to mixed results obviously um, <clears throat> but as, as as well as that um, I, I just I, I think Hugh's got a got a really good point that that, that they've you know they, they're they're really well equipped they've Despite the the the, uh, the personnel turnover, and they've they they've used the most players by far. I don't even know what the number is, but they've clearly used the most players this year. Um, and, in fact, Dave, Wessels, I was talking to Dave Wessels last week before the before the semi, and he didn't even know how many players they yeah. they used, but he knew it was a lot. Um, so so you know they've. They've just been used to not fielding the same 15 every week, and and so you know combinations still seem to be there. They still seem to be able to play to their game plan, and and so they got a big lift last week with the the quality of player coming back in. So I don't think we can we can necessarily discount that as just being a bit of a spike, and you know they'll, they'll revert to type. Um, that that all said, Brisbane actually play uh, you know, one of the few teams that did actually play Perth at, at relative mm. full strength. So yep. so Brisbane will feel like they're they're sort of well equipped. To be able to handle whatever uh, you know the force contingent will throw at them as well. So, uh, but I, I do I do agree with with Hugh and and again all lost bets aside. I, yep. I think you know playing playing at home a big Ballymore crowd on a, on a on a balmy Saturday evening. Uh, it's probably just tipping things um, in, in, in Brisbane City's favour. I think.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that that team that did play. Um in that second round match where we beat them. Did have Pet Cow and Heath Testman, Matty Hodgson, um, Kyle Godwin. I think um, Luke Morahan yeah, scored a couple of tries yep. I think
2: too, so yeah, yeah. So that was yeah, that, that I think that's a that's an important factor to, to, to consider, I think. Um, I just I just had the had the thought while Hugh was talking there before, um, about the you know the the uplift with the, the force blows coming back. Ian Pryor is a guy we haven't mentioned yet, yeah. and, and that was that was one noticeable difference was that the service from the back of the ruck was a hell of a lot better
1: yeah. uh,
2: with, with with Ian Pryor there, as as you'd expect. And some of the young the young scrum halves and, and Justin Turner is, is is one guy that's played a lot a lot for Perth this year. He's a, he's a good player, but you could notice the difference when when Pryor was back there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Look from a from my perspective, I'm obviously going to back Brisbane. I, I, I totally respect your point Hugh, and I think it's a really valid one in terms of um, the the lift Perth will get from having beaten uh, the rising light last week, and, and how they played it was no fluke it was through their own abilities and, and high standards and I'm sure they'll back themselves to do it again uh, I think Brisbane have the team to beat them I mean obviously their back row is is fantastic uh, Great news that Nick Frisbee's up and running about. I had real concerns mm. if Frisby was out or even under injury cloud. Um, the other one is Karevi, who's obviously battled uh, injury for the season, and they'll just be wanting him to hold on. Um, but Chris Karendrani out wide, who I think his game has come on in leaps and bounds uh, this season, um, in terms of uh, he, uh, you know, he, he could have been pigeonholed as somewhat limited, but he's shown some great skills, some great um, elusiveness, and, and strong in, in defence as well. So that'll be a, another real asset for us out wide, utilising that strike power. But the man that has to step, step up for Brisbane City is Jake McIntyre. You know, he's, mm. he's the young guy, um, has had a good season with Sunnybank this year, but he, you know, was found wanting somewhat last week. I think I think he lost direction a little bit. Um, but uh, he's got to be crucial for this week, and we'll really need him to just play a solid game that, that uh, drives his team around the park and, and gives that ball to his outside backs. Um, the,
2: the the week The week before the, the game against Canberra at Suncorp, where he was he was really good. Yeah, he, he yep. was excellent yep. in in that game. So yep. so he's he's certainly capable of it. We've 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 seen what he can do, and he can certainly steer a team around the park. So, but I, I agree with you. It, it'll it'll take a a big game from him, and and, and if if frisbee's eighty percent. It's it, that's going to be you know that's that's going to be yeah. a, a major benefit, a benefit for them. So I'm just just looking through um, just looking through some the try scoring numbers and like for for both teams and and neither team have actually been overly reliant on on you know on one person scoring all the tries. Yeah. They've, they've you know I I can see two three guys each that have scored four or five tries. So they've they've both shared it around. They've, you know they it's 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 there's plenty of firepower all across the park for both sides. So it's, it's going to be an entertaining game.
0: It, it will be. And look at those teams. It will be a really entertaining game. There is such quality across the park there. So, look, you know, it's really exciting. Uh, great that Fox Sports are broadcasting it live. Light, but, light. Mm. but like I say, it'd be a great atmosphere down at Ballymore. If we can get down there, they're keen to fill the hill and so on. It'll be um, a ripper atmosphere. So encourage everyone to get down there that can get down there and, and get down there early so they're not um, lining up at the gates and missing the kickoff. Um, so that's the NRC guys we'll, we'll report obviously back on the grand final next week A few other things that happened this week We want to obviously look at uh, the Wallabies And their first match of the tour Is on early Sunday morning Saturday night versus the Barbarians Over there in Twickenham No teams announced just yet uh, Brett I'll go to you How do you think we'll approach this game Do you think we'll see a, a test line up here Or do you think we'll see some of these uh, Uncapped rookies start
2: yeah, I, I think we might see a few of the emus playing, if we if we can term it that way. Um, and I think I think Checker sort of gave a bit of a hint of that earlier in the week. He, he sort of said he's there's there's a few guys that haven't necessarily played a lot of rugby over the last month or so that he that he needs to have a good look at, and and, and they need to be able to uh, they need to be given the, the the opportunity to try and press claims for the uh, for the Wales test the following week. So I wouldn't at all be surprised if we see Genier and Cooper starting to. to to, for, for starters but you would expect that guys like um you know ben alexander ben robinson would would probably be in there um uh will skelton probably gets gets game time ben McCallman's back in the squad he hasn't played for probably a month or so um you know i, I think that matt Hodgson um, would be another one i, I think it's a, it would be a really good opportunity for for a lot of those guys to um, to, to to have a good crack at what will be a pretty decent um, international quality uh, opposition. It's going to be a, a barbarian side laden with um, disgruntled All Blacks, by the sounds of it. Yeah. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, they know a way to beat the Wallabies, hey, is just beat uh, fringe All Blacks.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are we going to get to wear number 10? here? Oh, here, Colin Slade's available. Jeez. <laughs> exactly.
0: Hugh, what do so, you expect out of this game, mate? Do you expect a nice polished performance? Do you, are we uh, going to allow a bit of rough around the edges stuff?
1: It's it's always hard to tell these games, you know, mm. especially because with with it's the first outing of Checker as well, and I think yeah. everyone will be running a fine tooth comb over the selections and not sure whether they mean a lot or, or mean nothing at all. Um, and you look at that Barbarians team, and it's not the strongest one I've ever seen, no. to be honest. It's there's, there's, it's obviously dominated by Kiwis and and uh, South Africans, um, but there's no real you know international superstars in that team. Uh, it's just some good honest. Uh, sort of second-tier players from big countries. We should put these guys away. Whether we Mm -hmm. do or not is another thing entirely. I I think it's just about an attitude. That's what I want to see. And just see if Czech has got them switched on. And, you you know, on paper, we should win this game comfortably. But even if we don't, if we're playing with a bit of intent, and it's a bit like what we said against the All Blacks, I suppose, in, in that third test before I remember when you and me were talking. Just see a bit of attitude, a bit of intent. If we can keep that, you know, keep on the front foot, then that's probably all you can ask for.
3: Mm,
2: mm. Yeah, and and, and tackle yeah. for two more seconds. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly right.
0: Um, look, and then, look, plenty. Of, as Hugh alluded to, the barbarians. It's always good to see some of the names that pop up too that stand out from mine. I guess for their relevancy to Australian rugby is is Nick Cummins. We'll get to see the Honey Badger play again, right. um, and this is a, an environment I'm sure he'd enjoy. Um, and the other is Adam Thompson, uh, who. will uh, play in some capacity, don't know, haven't seen the starting team, who will obviously be playing with the Reds next year. So, um, you know, extra reason to uh,
2: to watch the game. Hugh made the point about um, that it's not necessarily the strongest Barbarians side, and, and immediately that reminded me that the barbars are playing at the start of a, the, yeah. of a spring tour campaign rather than the end, and so you're absolutely right. You think back to a few years ago when Richie McCaw Captain of Barbarians' team with Sean De Villiers and Schalk Berger and mm. maybe even George Gregan in it. Yeah, it was, was that the you know, one that, Was, was a, that
1: the one where they... What, what was the year where they beat the All Blacks? I think that was... Not that one, obviously, because Richie wouldn't have played. I think that where Gitto and Habana... Uh, Gitto played yeah. 10 and Habana scored two tries. So
2: I, I think, I think the, the, the year I'm thinking of with, with McCaw and Coe in it was probably 2008. So, yeah, it was maybe even 2009. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, but you're right. So there's... When there has... In the last few years, been a, a really star started quality barbarian scene put out, but the last this year, I think last year as well, they played at the start of the of the sort of incoming uh, internationals for, for, for Europe. So yeah, oh, you, you're right. The That's they just lost a few,
1: yeah. And they played the Lions in Hong Kong and got pasted. I mean, it, it's yeah, it, it's yeah, one of those was... um, week to. Game-to-game prospects, the Barbarians, I mean, it all depends on the team that they can put forward on paper. It's always... Uh, yeah, as I wrote an article today, I'll plug my article today, about an all-time team. But it's always one of those fantastic concepts, one of the things that is that makes rugby great. No other sport has any equivalent. Um, yeah. And regardless of, of what happens, it's going to be a fantastic game to watch. So um, I'm pretty psyched about it.
0: All right, mate. I've, I've had to do this. Sorry. The Barbarians have got a great website, um... And you have to go back to 2009, where they beat New Zealand 25 to 18, and
1: yeah, you, did, right. you had
0: Gido, Habana, Matfield, Mitchell, Drew
1: Mitchell, Moore, yeah,
0: yeah Genia, uh, Rocky Elsom, Fruit Dupree, Schalk uh, Joe yeah, oh, Joe Rockcastle, George Smith, Mornstein. So it was a pretty <laughs> re- pretty remarkable team. And uh, uh, bear with me because I think they also played. Uh, South Africa in 2007, um, after they won the World Cup, and might have beaten them then. I can't load that game at the moment, but um, yeah, you're right. It, it's not a patch on that sort of team when it's when it's a pseudo World Fifteen almost. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it, it's great rugby and the, the way that the, the teams approach it. it. It is interesting, you know. You hark back to those great days, the '84 Grand Slam when we'd won the Grand Slam and played the Barbarians, and it was almost a celebration, and they had tap moves and all that sort of stuff. At the beginning of a tour, there's a different mindset to this, so it's um, it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out. Um, but the other international game of rugby on this weekend is happening in Chicago, of all places, mm. when the All Blacks take on uh, the USA. Uh, again, another game on Fox Sports. I think it's, like, 6.30-odd. Uh, probably Sydney time um,
2: something like that yeah I think that's about
0: right. Sunday morning so what's your take on this guys I don't know this they've sold out it should be an amazing atmosphere
2: they've and they've sold out Soldier Field no yeah. less so you know that's uh, it's a massive stadium it's going to be more than 60,000 but it's been sold out for a couple of weeks mind yeah. you as well so um, yeah, you know I had to laugh in the I was looking at, a, at a, one of the New Zealand uh, websites today, and there was articles on there about you know, the All Blacks getting around Chicago, and no one's knowing who they are. Yeah. And they're they almost a little bit, you know, don't you know who these blokes are? Yeah. <laughs> don't you know where they are? <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was <laughs> that was all a, a little bit, a little bit funny. And there's a, a photo of Sonny Bill walking down the street, sort of looking a little bit sheepish, and sort of expecting someone to come around the corner <laughs> and screaming his name <laughs> and everything, but. No, nothing. <laughs> so, so yeah. Look, the build-up for it has been absolutely fantastic, um, and and you know, there's certainly the New Zealand journalists evidently are enjoying the junket. Um, I know ESPN Scrum has sent sent someone over from from England to, to cover the game. So, um, it's certainly getting traction in terms of the world, in terms of you know promoting the world the world game, and um, it's gonna do it's gonna do wonders for the game in the US. By the sounds of it.
0: So obviously I I wonder on the financials work, obviously the All Blacks would have got a a pay to, to go. But I assume they're, they're they're over
2: they're over there with their connection with AIG. Yes. That's that's uh, how they get that's yeah. that's how they get over there. So um it's it's all part of part of that and part of the behest, much the same way how the uh, the Lions played in Hong Kong yes. with HSBC on their on their jersey on the way out. So it's it's very much a, a, a corporate game. Um but you know I think games like this have a, have a place. but yeah, um, in, I mean, the, benefit, in, I'm, on
0: the I'm, benefit I'm suggesting is that USA Rugby get the gate, I assume. Yeah,
2: I would reckon so, yeah. What a huge yeah. boon for them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That'd be...
1: I mean, there's their yearly budget for the next couple of years, probably. Surely, absolutely. And, and so. you think the, the All Blacks... This, I mean, we, we like to have fun at the Kiwis' expense, but really, they are the global ambassadors for our game. They're, they're the number one brand yeah. worldwide. And this is the stuff that you'd like to see them doing every couple of years. Take the game to, to an outpost where, oh, it's you know, the Wallabies, the Wallabies playing America would garner interest, but it certainly wouldn't sell out Soldier Field. The no. All Blacks are a universally recognised brand and, um, you know, more power to them. And I'd like to see, I mean, I think they're going to the Pacific Islands at some point next yeah. year. Well, I was, sort I was, of just, I was just going to gonna, just gonna
2: say that. Yeah, they're going to in Samoa next year in, in July, um, which I'm already lobbying however many different editors i write for tell, telling them all that we need to cover that game in person so so am w- working hard on that one but you're right Hugh, and and the all blacks have i think have actually cottoned on to their 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 part in developing the game in, in the outlying areas they, they went to japan a couple of years ago um, they'll be in samoa next year america this year so yeah they, they are starting to spread the gospel and it's as much i'm sure it's as much about Cashing in on the All Blacks brand as well, but uh, and it obviously does have you know worldwide appeal. But uh, I think it's important, as, as, as we say, that they are doing the right thing to promote the game. And, and you know, the promotions, and there's been promotions all, all week in, in Chicago, and, and, and I think the players have actually bought into it. You know, they're you, you see them, you, you see them pictures that. Pictures of them walking down the street and whatever, and they're actually they're actually there enjoying it. They're, they're in, in a different part of the world, playing a different team. They haven't played a lot about, and so you know, there's there's I think there's actually a, a fair bit of genuine excitement for them for this game, rather than it just being the start of another spring tour. Yeah,
1: I wish they would say the same excitement in Western Sydney. I mean, that's an outpost, <laughs> that's a rugby outpost, but it doesn't seem like they even want. <laughs> are, are you su- are you suggesting the All Blacks should should tour Western Sydney and play the Rams?
2: <laughs> well, tech stadium.
1: Yeah, well, we get at least 5,000
0: to that. Are there, are there any AIG branches in uh, Western Sydney
2: there? <laughs> I tell you, there's a franchise opportunity right there, isn't there? <laughs> All right, so that's
0: that's uh, another one for the, the, the first round of internationals. I don't think there's any other internationals this weekend, guys.
2: Oh, no, I saw, I saw, a, I saw a list, actually. I'm not going to be able to dig it up while yeah. I pad through this answer but there's actually a there's actually i think three or four tests on this weekend and and from here on for the next five or six weeks there is dead set seven or eight tests a weekend um, across the board so so there's international games everywhere and and the most part of it actually if you go to the fox sports website they've got tv times and for the most part most of the games are actually going to be covered as well so we're going to see some cracking contests uh, along the way
0: oh that's brilliant it's a great time of the season when you've just got the, the chance to catch up with some of those those uh, other games or countries that you don't necessarily see uh, yeah, all the time. Yeah, right. um, But yeah, okay. But this weekend, oh, just looking at the Fox Guide, only Barbarians, Australia, and USA, New Zealand, at least on Fox this weekend. Next okay, weekend, right. it's it all yeah. You got Italy, Samoa, Wales, Australia, England, New Zealand, France, Fiji, Ireland, South Africa, Scotland, Argentina. Blow your socks off! Sensational stuff. Um, yeah. Look, just want to cover some news around Australian rugby that's happened recently. Look, uh, three main bits, or a couple of main bits, I guess, is, is first and foremost the John Eels Medal that happened last week. It wasn't broadcast for the first time uh, since inception, I would suggest. Um, make of that as you will. But uh, Izzy Faloud took the big award, it seemed to cause a little bit of angst on the forum. Are you justified or not justified from your perspective?
1: Oh, look, I don't know. It's it's one of these awards, as I, as I said, that it's a bit like the Brownlow medal uh, in AFL. It's voted by the umpires and in the Brownlow. The the, uh, the John Hills medal, obviously, voted by the players. And when you're out on the ground, either in officiating capacity or playing capacity, you always see the game from a bit of a different angle. Um, and... Obviously, And often that throws up results that aren't in line with how supporters and people on the sidelines see the game. I think that's something that probably should be embraced rather than pushed back. And Israel Flau obviously has a huge effect on, on the people around him, and it's obviously a, a sign of how the regard in which he's held. The guy that always seemed to poll well in these was Wycliffe Parlow, and I think, again... Uh, yeah. He didn't feature in this one, but always does feature in those players' players, which which is a bit of a glimpse as to as to how the players view one another and and who is particularly respected. So I think Israel, I mean, very quietly has had has put together a pretty impressive season. I think we take him for granted what he offers at the back, and I mean I remember those days where we were moaning about how we could never catch a high ball, and well. That's just... That's a yeah. that's a uh, real problem of the past, so... Next uh, problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so at least we can put that one to bed. So, yeah, look, he, he he probably would have just scraped into my top five, but, uh, yeah, I agree it's a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, I think you're right. I think we probably
0: do take it for granted. I mean, we see uh, Hooper and Slipper, I think, were most people's uh, mm. favourites to take out the award, but perhaps we do take Izzy for granted. And I can imagine as a, a tired forward looking up and seeing a kick going down... Izzy's uh, throat, you'd feel somewhat comfortable about uh, a positive return there, so um, justifiable as you say, it is the player's choice there um, a couple of other uh, you know, it's not too surprising on the from a Super Rugby perspective with the Waratahs obviously the team of the year, and Chica the coach of the year um, Super Rugby players of the year, joint between Izzy again and Michael Hooper uh, Sean McMahon, Scoop the Pool On a number of other awards, Under-20s Player of the Year, Super Rugby Player of the Year, and also NRC Player of the Year. Super Rugby Rookie of the Year. Rookie of the Year, was it? Yes. Yep. Sorry, Super Rugby Rookie of the Year, yep, Uh, NRC Player of the Year. Um, Good to see Amy Parrott recognised as the Referee of the Year. Um, I'd like to think that wasn't just a, uh, a token award.
2: No, I, 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 I think that's no, I think that's it's a fair, it's no, a fair, agree, w- yeah. and she she did the um, she did the lines on a, on a couple of uh, NRC games as well, so so she's absolutely rising up the ranks. So no, it's it's um it's good to see, it's well done.
0: Yep, um, and just I'd like to make point. I am a bit of a traditionalist. They uh, uh, inducted three new. Uh, former players into the uh, Wallaby Hall of Fame being Simon Portevin, we all know, the uh, fantastic uh, rugged Randwick uh, open side flanker uh, from the sort of 80s, 90s, obviously part of that 84 Grandstand team, 86 Bledisloe team and the 91 World Cup team. Uh, Greg Davis, who was in fact a, a Kiwi by birth, who also uh, captained the Wallabies as well, was a, a, another rugged back rower. And to keep the theme going, um, uh, Wiley Breckenridge, uh, who played, uh, I think, in, he actually played as part of that when Australian rugby uh, post war struggled to get back on its feet and Queensland rugby weren't around and the New South Wales Waratahs toured in effect as our best team. They, they maintained the title as the New South Wales Waratahs, but all those games have been retrospectively given test caps. Um, that oh that's right. Yeah, so this is sort of the we're talking uh late 20s, so there's a yeah. very very famous team with Tommy Lawton um uh, as a uh, not the big hooker obviously the the fly half Tommy yep. Lawton senior Cyril Towers Johnny Wallace Alec Ross you know a, a fantastic team they they toured the UK and and France I think they won all tests, maybe lost to Scotland by a point or something like that but it was a a very famous team for the way they approached the rugby and and um and uh, and while he was very much a part of that, he's also I think he served as uh, on the IRB and all that. So um, it's great to see that the history of the game still embraced uh, in, in these sorts of formats.
2: What do we what do we make of the fact that it wasn't broadcast? I mean, I I'll be honest, I I hate metal counts at the best of times, but <laughs> I know it I know it caused a little bit of a stir that it, that it wasn't broadcast.
1: I thought you were referring to the 1923 forward tour there for a second. <laughs> well, I could give you a really good
0: reason as to why that wasn't broadcast. Um, it was covered well on, on Twitter, though, the hashtag Waratah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, look, I, I, I
2: don't know. I believe 1928. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
2: what were we talking but about?
1: John Hill's middle, yes. What well, I didn't know it wasn't being televised, and, and in the lead-up, I was kind of cringing at the thought of them having to televise it, you know, with this sort of... As always, these award shows are, this sort of false sense of gravity and upbeat mood. After all that's happened in the last couple of weeks, I thought it would have been a bit false, so a part of me was happy that, that it didn't, it, it was more of a private affair. I, I don't know, it is probably a little a, a little sign that, that things aren't exactly how they should be, but I don't know if anyone's mourning the loss of the Johnny Eales medal. These award shows, <laughs> at the best of times, are pretty hard to oh. watch, and, and those contrived, you know, packages with Clarkie saying how great the year was and all that sort of stuff, It's it's it's... Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't particularly get me, and I'm a pretty hardcore fan, so I think that's a good indicator of where it lied. I assume the decision was made, you know, some time
0: ago. I would imagine so, yes. But it was yes.
1: given everything it, that instance, happened that
0: week. Yeah, it was a good decision not to have it there.
2: And I think it probably just allowed the room to relax a bit. Yeah. Probably they probably just gone, "You beauty, we can have a couple of quiet beers tonight and not not worry about it." So yeah, exactly yeah. right.
0: Um, Look, guys, to wrap up, the only other thing, you know, it has been a tough few weeks with a lot of focus elsewhere. There has been some news, and I think it's sensational news with the Brumbies and and ARU, Steve Moore signing on for another year, at least to the end of the 2016 season I think that's a ripper uh, you know, Morey's a guy that I've got a, a lot of time for and you know, remembering if it wasn't for uh, that cursed injury in the second minute of that French test he may well still be a Wallaby captain and who knows what may have happened in the ensuing time but uh, he's a wonderful player for the Wallabies and the Brumbies, a great signing And
2: he, he sort of he sort of um... Gave a bit of an indication that he was leaning towards staying. You know, only a month or so after he did his knee, and, and I think I I sort of get the impression, uh, even even having spoken to him a few times, I sort of get the impression that he felt like he had a bit of an obligation to stick around for a bit longer than he might have planned on. He, he sort of made no secret of the fact that he was. He was thinking that he'd probably head overseas after the World Cup, and he, and he certainly won't be. You know, wouldn't have been alone there. We already know of stories of, mm. and there was a story this week about James Horwell and uh, possibly heading to Harlequin. So, uh, you know that that sort of thing is going to be on on the mind of, of, of the guys of, of that, that sort of age. Um, so it, you're right. It's it's really encouraging to see him stick around for another year. Um, you know, the the Brumbies are heading into Stephen Larkham's first season. You know, as a as a head coach. On his own, essentially. So, and that was you know, the main reason why he he knocked back the opportunity to, to to head over to Europe for this Wallabies tour as well, because it's essentially his first pre-season in charge as well. So the last thing he wanted to do was you know bail the week before they're about to start. So, I think there's a yeah, it was, it was really encouraging to see. I think it'll give the the Brumbies a lot of heart that they're, they're able to keep a leader like Steve Moore for a you know, for a two seasons now instead of just the one.
0: Yep, and we should mention also uh, Pat Cowan. Um, has yeah, re-signed with the forces today, yeah. too so uh, great for them as well and I'll, in the back of my mind I've always had this concern as to how many players we would lose um, post Rugby World Cup given Australia's, Rugby Union's financial woes and obviously mm. just the fact it's one of those milestones where it seems to happen and it's not always the superstars and you know the Quades and Izzy's and all those sorts of guys mm. it's that level of pecs and, and those sorts of guys that is just as big a loss so it's, it's great to see those re-signings
2: yeah, I, I actually, I actually still worry that we might lose um, guys of the sort of Matt Tamuah caliber, if yep. you like. You know, the guys are in their mid twenties, have played you know twenty or thirty tests, and and they they might think, well, we can go overseas for two years and come back in yep. you know, twenty seventeen, and and, um, and and you know still be right for the World Cup. It'll be it'll actually be interesting to see how many guys take up this new sabbatical yeah. allowance. So, yeah. um, it, I, you know, I suppose. Um, James Hall might be the a test case. Might, might be a test case there. So yeah, watch this space, I suppose. Yeah,
0: and that pretty much wraps it up for me. Anything for you guys, Hugh? Anything else that comes to mind this week? Uh,
1: not, not particularly. Um, I do think I want to address Reg, and, and it's just worth mentioning the because we have got a bit of flack from it. It's just the reason we're not talking about the Cootley-Beal incident, and I think it's worth reinforcing, is that, I mean, from my perspective, and I know we've discussed this on the site behind the scenes, is that there's so much reporting out there, there's so many perspectives, there's so much information um, that... Yeah, it's probably best that we still wait until it's all finished that before we really discuss it. there's It's, it's such a complex issue and there's some really polarising opinions out there. And I don't know if you you want to um, elaborate, but um, that's probably the reason why we haven't really gone into much detail about it here.
0: Yeah, I, I don't want to elaborate, but I guess I, I absolutely re- reiterate and support what you've said, Hugh. And I mm. guess we've also caught some flack for sometimes some of the things we do put on our blog page being a little bit, uh, I guess, lighthearted, you know. There's another blog today that I thought was a pretty damn funny, a uh, guess who type thing, trying to guess the the second tweeter, so to speak, or the second texter. <laughs> and like that 's something that Green and gold Rugby sort of built our mm. our history on is we always wanted to have a bit of a left of center where it 's about a bunch of guys down at the pub having a bit of a laugh who love their rugby, but you know we know when to to have a joke we, we don 't think we 've hurt anyone 's feelings uh, necessarily, but uh, you know we, we, we love our rugby, and sometimes we just need to take a step back and have a bit of a
2: breath. I think I think the other side of it as well is that, as, as you said, Hugh, there's so much information and misinformation out there that I've just dead set lost track of yeah. what's going on now. I I couldn't I don't know what to believe anymore. And then the other side of the coin is I'm just over it. Yeah. I just I just really like to talk about rugby. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's it's been good.
1: Yeah. Agreed. So,
0: thanks for that, Hugh. We're almost to the podcast before you turn it up, so. <laughs> No, no, no. It's, it's very valid. And, uh, it's,
2: it's, it's a, it is an absolutely valid point. No, and, absolutely. and And and, the, and, the, and it's it's something that easily applies to to uh, to, to my other home that you folks won't mention.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: that's the one. <coughs> <laughs> .com.au. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Look, guys, let's wrap it up. Thanks for coming on the show, Brett. You know, this bet really didn't come through. You agree with, with what
2: most people say, <laughs> anyway. So. It, it actually wasn't too difficult tonight, <laughs> Rachel, I've got to say. But, um, but yeah, good good fun and, and damn you, Sam Windsor. <laughs> it was just another ploy to get you on the
0: show, Brett, so we appreciate it. And, yeah, and well, what's
2: this, three in and, three and five weeks? So ridiculous. now I'm done till 2021, I think. Exactly. It's, it's
0: uh, freed you up for the next World Cup. Um, and Hugh, thanks as always for coming on the show. And everyone, uh, let's get out there and support the NRC. Watch it on Fox. We'll get out to the game and, and, and really show uh, Australian rugby and everyone how much we love uh, watching uh, that level of rugby. It's been a great tournament. We should be supporting it. Um, yeah, and it'd, of course, be really, it'd
2: be really good to see it crack the top 20 programs yeah. on, on Fox for Saturday night because it hasn't done that yet this this, year, this season. So that, that'd be a good note to finish on, I think. It would yep. be. It
0: would be. Alright, guys, thanks again, and we'll speak to you all soon. Awesome. Cheers,
2: guys. Thanks, Reg. Thanks, you. Yeah, right
3: there, right there.